Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Have I got a treat for you today. Uh, one of my favorite Bible teachers is in studio with us because there's a conference coming up today and tomorrow and Sunday morning at Calvary Chapel Appleton called The Perfect Storm. So before we talk about storms and enduring and locking our wings like eagles and all those things from the Word of God, let's go to God and just uh, open up this program. Father, thank you so much for allowing us another opportunity to talk about things that matter, to hopefully encourage those who need encouragement, and also, God, to give us insights and maybe even challenge us on our thinking, on our worldview. Lord, we need to be strengthened in the truth, and we trust for you to do that through your word and through this podcast. We love you. We thank you for just giving us another day. Those of us who have had some health issues, We're just thankful a day at a time, Lord, and we pray for the strength and the health of our listeners and our uh, guests, including today's guest, Dr. Andy Woods. And uh, we thank you for yesterday's podcast with Chris Quintana, and we lift up the Prophecy Conference to you and ask that your word would be exalted and that Jesus would be glorified. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, we are so blessed to have you. Uh, You got the right chair. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Andy Woods, welcome to Stand Up For The Truth in the Q90FM studios. Hey, good to be here. I was swapping chairs as you were praying. That's how unspiritual I am. <laughs> That's all right. Um, what's funny is we I got to share this story now. Last time, a, a year ago, Chris Quintana and uh, Elijah Abraham came in here, and Elijah had this chair that was slowly sinking. It got a little lower and lower very gradually. It was getting lower and lower and lower. And before long, he looked like a little kid at the table, couldn't even reach the microphone, and Chris is laughing. It was one of those moments on live radio. You go, what are you going to do? This is a podcast, and uh, it's live, so we switched chairs. But I think we got rid of that one. But anyway, let's talk a little bit about your presentation tomorrow, the Prophecy Conference. It kicks off to, uh, today, actually, at uh, 1 o'clock with Elijah Abraham, Jay Seegert, T.A. McMahon, J.D. Farag tonight. Tomorrow morning, Andy, right after worship, you kick it off with your session at 9 a.m. And then there's um, a Q&A session, lunch, worship, Tommy Ice, Chris Quintana, Jim Fletcher, and Russ Miller. And then Chris is going to do the Sunday morning service. So, Andy, before we get into the topics today, we are going to talk about how America and the world has changed since 9-11-2001. But can you tease your presentation uh, that people from across the country that won't be able to get to the conference tomorrow. What are you going to be talking about, and why did God put it on your heart? Yeah, well, I th- I think they're going to be um, live casting. Yes, live online. Streaming. Yes, so, you can stream it. Yeah, that's that's always fun. Well, I'm going to be talking about something near and dear to my heart, and I'm I hope on the hearts of most Christians, all Christians, is the imminent return of Jesus to rescue us from this earth. And it's really a talk on one second after the rapture. So what? How, how are things going to change after the rapture? Well, they're going to change radically for the believer. 
They're going to change radically for the unbelieving world. Mm-hmm. And then the last part of it is who cares? So what? You know, how do we apply this stuff? And so it kind of ends with some points of application. I remember seeing that uh, message on, I think it was YouTube or it, might, it may have been on your Facebook. I loved it. And um, my former pastor actually saw that one too. He goes, hey, I remember that message. So it is impactful for those of us who have known, uh, you know, the word and studied the word for years. Also for people that are just learning about this, I think it's fascinating because a lot of people don't ask that question or don't think mm-hmm. to ask that question. Well, wait a minute. What do we care if believers are raptured and taken up, caught up? Mm-hmm. What happens after we're gone? Well, we, well, we should care. We should care about those left behind. So a uh, very important message. So I'm glad that you're going to be presenting that tomorrow morning. Um, of course, your brand new book, we talked about it last time you were on the podcast, Babylon, The Bookends of Prophetic History. Uh, I really thought that was an informative, I know we just hit some bullet mm-hmm. points, but share a little bit about uh, the issue of Babylon because we're going to talk about Afghanistan, and you can even go back and forth, the recent news sure. about Afghanistan and the pullout of the U.S. military and the chaos there, how that's going to change the region, how that uh, has some biblical prophetic implications. So if you could, that's, I know it's a loaded question that could take a 20 minute answer, but you can talk about your book, Babylon, why that's important, mystery mm-hmm. Babylon, if there's any confusion about that, and Afghanistan and that region. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, thanks for bringing up the book. Sure. And again, it's, um, controversial. Not every Christian out there would agree with me on it. And I probably have held every single view that can be held (laughs) in the course of my Christian life on who the harlot is in Revelation 17 and 18. And it wasn't really until I got under the teaching of a man named Dr. Charles Dyer at Dallas Seminary, and he convinced me of something very, very radical. And here it is. When you see the word Babylon in the Bible, it means Babylon. <laughs> it's literal? <laughs> yeah. It is a place? Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, a lot of people allegorize it and pour some foreign meaning into the word. But, yeah. you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, prior to 1948, there were people that said, you know, when you see the word Israel here in prophecy, it doesn't mean the church. It means Israel. And they they seem like fools because there was nothing over going on over there in the Middle East. It was a barren wasteland. And isn't it interesting how people that took Israel literally were vindicated because look at Israel today. So, of course, it's meant to be interpreted literally. And so what I'm suggesting in the book is the same thing is destined to happen. Uh, Babylon is destined to be restored uh, and play a monumental role in the end time. So the book is called The Prophetic Bookends of History because it traces that theme not just in the book of Revelation, but it starts in Genesis and goes right on through the Bible and makes a biblical case for an end time role for Babylon. And then at the very end, because we get accused of reading current events into the Bible, Um, I try to show that this is a biblical teaching. Okay, Mm -hmm. now having established that, let's look at the current events. And it's no shock that current events are moving in the direction of a literal Babylon. And then it ends with a very clear presentation of the gospel. It's less than 100 pages. Yeah. And this would be something you'd feel comfortable giving to, you know, an unsaved person. Yes, and it's along the lines as far as the length and what's in it, um, your Middle East meltdown. 
I thought that was a phenomenal yeah. book, and it's a lot in there. And that was maybe about 100 pages, but I like the way you put that together, mm-hmm. talking about the coalition of nations coming against Israel. And you laid it out, all the different nations like, uh, well, why don't you just describe that really quickly, that region, because there are different names, Rosh, mm-hmm. and there's, you know, what's, what's Russia, what's Turkey, and what are all these countries, and why don't we understand that they are mentioned in Scripture? Yeah. Um, so maybe you can kind of tie these together for us real quick. Well, yeah, you go to Ezekiel 38 and 39, and you read names like Persia, Magog, Rosh, Tubal, uh, Meshach, all, all of these different names. And most most people just goes right over your their head. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is you'll find all of those names in Genesis 10. And Genesis 10 is a record of where Noah's sons, you know, the earth was repopulated through Noah's three sons, mm-hmm. where their descendants settled following the global flood. And so you can consult some scholarly sources like Herodotus, who wrote about 450 B.C., Josephus, who wrote in the first century, and they, they tell you exactly where these people groups settled. <laughs> And then from there, you look at the newspaper and you say, I can't believe this is happening. Uh, the exact coalition that's described is forming as we speak. And so that's why I called it the Middle East meltdown. Mm-hmm. It's a meltdown if you don't understand God's vantage point on it. But to us, it's not a meltdown. Uh, it's proof that the Bible is true yes. because the orbit of nations, you know, right down to things we've seen recently in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And also the, uh, you know, the toppling of the um, the Shah back in 1979 and replacing him with the Ayatollah, that's Persia. I mean, everything, the Islamization of that part of the world, mm-hmm. uh, those nations coming against Israel, which didn't even exist until 1948. Yeah. Now you have Israel in the land and you have the exact conglomeration of nations that God said would be there. And so... You know, it's kind of interesting. A lot of apologetics ministries, they have all these ways of defending the Bible, but they leave this one out. Exactly. And to me, this is the greatest proof that the Bible is true. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the book, uh, Babylon, the bookends of prophetic history, it's brand new. You can get it at dispensationalpublishing.com. We will have it in today's podcast post, post a link to it at standupforthetruth.com. So uh, quickly, I know we're jumping around a little bit, but... How do the recent events in Afghanistan play into prophetic history? What's going to happen prophetically? Well, when you go to Genesis 10, you'll run into a character named uh, Magog, who was a descendant, uh, the son of uh, one of Noah's sons named Japheth. So this would be Noah's grandson. And Josephus tells us in his antiquities that Magog was the uh, group of people that are sometimes pronounced the Scythians or the Scythians. It depends on which syllable gets the emphasis, <laughs> as, I, as I like to say. And they, they, it's pretty well documented that they migrated from Central Asia to Russia about the 7th to the 8th century B.C. Mm-hmm. And so we're pretty confident that the Scythians or the Scythians would represent Central Asia, which would be the stands, uh, Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, and in the Ukraine is in the mix, and in that mix is Afghanistan. Hmm. Interesting. So, if uh, Magog is going to turn on Israel in the last days, um, the stage has to be set for that. Well, we've watched it happen over the last two weeks. The Western influence has disappeared because of the hasty 
Biden pull out. Yes. And oh, by the way, we're going to give you uh, $85 billion <clears throat> of weapons that we're going to leave behind, which we all scratch our heads saying, how could they do that? Well, it's actually God Islamicizing and militarizing that part of the world, in my opinion, Interesting. in preparation for that end time invasion. So the famous saying in prophecy circles is things are not falling apart, they're falling into place. Amen. Amen. We're talking with Dr. Andy Woods in studio today on Stand Up for the Truth. You had a slide in one of your recent Pastor's Point of View uh, presentations, either last week or the week before, with those numbers. Can you remember, I know you talked about the amount of money the numbers in, in military equipment and what has been left there, what has been given basically to the Taliban. You probably are very familiar with that slide, the numbers. Could you please uh, go through some of those things? Because it is, really is astounding that the media doesn't touch it. Yeah. They don't tell about what we gave them or left behind yeah. and, and how much money it has cost Americans. Yeah, it's it's staggering. I mean, not only have we have left Americans behind, oh. which is bad enough, um, and American allies behind, you know, those terrible scenes of uh, mothers trying to throw their babies over a barbed wire fence. I mean, that should tell you the horror that has been caused because these people have been left behind. So not only have left Americans behind, as the Biden administration takes a victory lap yeah. and claims this is the most successful thing that's ever happened in human history. <laughs> I'd hate to see what failure looks like if this is a success. Mm-hmm. But we've left behind, you know, $85 billion worth of weapons. And as you know, I do a pastor's point of view show. And Brother Jim, Pastor Jim, our associate pastor, does the reading of the articles. And he got to this big list of weapons that have been left behind. <laughs> and it went the whole page, single-spaced, and it bled over into the next page. And he kind of looks at me and says, do you want me to read all this? <laughs> you know, I said, that's all right. You can just kind of summarize. But... That, I mean, that's basically what's happened, mm. and it's terrible. And, um, you know, from the human perspective, it just really causes you to tear your hair out. But when you look at it from the perspective of the Gog-Magog war, mm. um, it's not shocking. Exactly. Um, you weren't exaggerating a minute ago when you said the Biden administration did a victory lap because you included their press release in a, a recent pastor's point of view from, I believe, uh, two Fridays ago. And uh, it says the Democratic National Committee declares victory for Biden in Afghanistan. And this article that you quoted was from Breitbart. And it says President Biden defies expectations again, delivers results in Afghanistan. How did he do that? It says, now this is their press release from the White House. They exceeded even his own administration's goal in successfully ramping up evacuations from Afghanistan evacuated nearly 60,000 people, and it goes on. And Lawrence O'Donnell at uh, MSNBC, this is the best-run evacuation from a war America lost. This is astounding to me that they don't take any responsibility. Um, They don't admit any mistakes, or I haven't heard them. Jen Psaki, the press secretary, just batting down all the questions that are potentially combative or confrontational in any way. Mm -hmm. So it's really amazing to me. And I wonder if the people that only hear this side on CNN or MSNBC or the mainstream media, if they only hear this, they're going, wow, I don't understand how some on the right or those Trump supporters are saying the the pullout was botched by the Biden administration. So we're in dangerous territory because 
the media is is being used by the left, yeah. and uh, most of us would acknowledge a lot of this. What we're coming out, it's propaganda, is what we're hearing. Your thoughts on just the fact that they they would have the audacity to either lie or put something like this out, which mm-hmm. covers up so much of the context and the true story. Well, I think it's uh, Pastor David Jeremiah who wrote a book called, and I love the title, he's, it's called I Thought I Never Thought I'd See the Day. And he lists all the things that have happened in his lifetime that he never thought he would see. Well, this if I was going to write a book like that, this is what I would write about. If I, I, I never thought I would see the day where 500 to 1,000, depending on who you listen to, Americans left behind enemy lines is somehow a victory. Uh, if one American is left behind, that is a failure. Hmm. And it reminds me of the prophet Isaiah in chapter 5, verse 20, where he says, Woe to you, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And that's the thick level of propaganda that we're currently under, where up is down and left is right and black is white and hmm. white is black. And we're just being, you know, we're just being lied to over and over again. Uh, of course, no big shock there, because Satan is, John 8, verse 44, the father of lies. That's right. And so we need to start doing our own independent research instead of being spoon-fed things. Well, I would hope uh, this audience, I, I'm i going out on a limb to say they're a little bit more mature, a little bit more well, well-informed or researched, but not everybody is. And that's one of the reasons we put together uh, on our website, standupforthetooth.com, 200 resources you can trust. Mm-hmm. And we've got your ministry in there. We've got Chris's. We've got uh, news outlets. We've got people that back the biblical worldview. We've got – and by the way, Jan Markell has taken that baton from David Jeremiah. Mm. And she – I think it's part eight now that she's on. She started this several years ago. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what did he title it, the book? I never thought I'd see the yeah. day. So she <laughs> picked up that baton. I never wow. thought I'd see. Th- I never thought I'd see the day. And so I think she's done eight parts on it now. Uh, in these last two minutes, uh, Andy, you also included an article from the Jerusalem Post about um, things changing in Iran. Actually, you know what? We don't have time to really get into that. I'm sorry. Um, that was bad on my part. Um, can you touch on how there is a regional turning point now? We know Christians and minorities are going to be drastically affected by what's happened in the Middle East. But you pointed out to there was a Baghdad conference um, seen as a regional turning point in that area. Can you just kind of sum that up for us? Yeah, well, that you know that kind of um, supports the Babylon thesis that I have. Uh, that Babylon means Babylon. <clears throat> in fact, the Pope, oh, I don't know, a few months ago, called for a world religion meeting, and he didn't say, let's have it in Vatican City. So all these people that think Babylon means Rome, I guess the Pope never got the memo, (sighs) he wanted to have it in Iraq. And it's Mm -hmm. the same with that regional political meeting. And so Iraq is, and Babylon is located in Iraq, 58 miles south of Baghdad, is basically becoming a place of influence. Interesting. My goodness, my Bible says that. No big shock. Prophetic. Uh, we're with Dr. Andy Woods today in studio. He's going to be speaking tomorrow morning at the Prophecy Conference. It kicks off this afternoon, and you get info at ccappleton.org, I believe, or you can go to Stand Up For The Truth and q90fm.com homepage. We've got info on that conference as well. When we come back, we will talk about how the world and America has drastically changed since 9-11-2001, and a lot of people are concerned about Biden 
targeting the private sector and sweeping new vaccine mandates for Americans. That's next. Stand up for the truth. We'll be back in a few minutes. Share your comments anytime at comments at standupforthetruth.com. Hi, this is Jeff from Verla Mattress. I support Q90FM and the values they promote. At Verla Mattress, we build the mattresses we sell in Northeast Wisconsin. Our stores are locally owned and operated. Customers may comfort test Verla Mattresses in a relaxed, no-pressure atmosphere. Adjustable bed bases, instant comfort air beds, as well as futons, sofa sleepers, and Murphy bed cabinets are all on display at your local Verla Mattress store. Q90FM.com slash partners and Verlo.com. Who cares? Your check engine light is on. Your brakes are squealing. Who cares? Society tells us truth is relative and whatever you feel is truth. And you don't feel like anything's wrong. Suddenly you're stranded. Physically and figuratively speaking, of course. Turns out making up truth wasn't a good idea. You've just experienced what some call the real world. This is Carolyn from Quality Auto Repair Inc. on Velp with full automotive repair. 499-5591 for appointments and reminding you, truth matters. We're a proud sponsor of Q90FM. Be it ever so humble or grand, we all know there's no place like home. The place where lives begin and history is made. Q90FM is blessed to partner with DavidRobinsonHomes.com, Coldwell Banker Real Estate Group, as we share the truth of God, the creator and founder of our eternal home. DavidRobinsonHomes.com and his team, Hart and Hofert, provides real estate services in Green Bay in the Fox Cities. Hi, I'm David Robinson, supporting Q90FM in all its efforts to advance God's kingdom. DavidRobinsonHomes.com, supporting Q90FM. Q90 thanks the Belanger family and Superior Concrete Construction in Casco for their business sponsorship. Superior Concrete Construction has provided the Northeast Wisconsin area residential and light commercial board concrete walls, flat work, stamped and colored concrete slabs, conveyor, and skid steer work. The number is 920-837-7667. Online at superiorconcreteconstructioninc.com. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest today, Pastor Andy Woods. And before we get into this idea, well, what's, what the administration is doing, it actually is astounding that more people are not raising red flags uh, about religious exemptions, about vaccine mandates, and other things. But, um, Andy, you have a little history with Chris Quintana, because both of you are now, of course, in Texas, but both of you were in Southern California. Tell us a little bit about your connection that you guys realized. Well, I, I knew about Chris from um, a um, video series that he was very involved in called White is the Gate. I don't know if you've seen yep. that. Uh, those are very good. Someone at our church gave us those, and we just OD'd on it and <laughs> watched it like for 24 hours straight. And then uh, at a David Hawking conference in California, I met Chris. He was one of the attendees. And then I start to realize that Chris basically grew up, you know, in the same area as me. He went to Kennedy High School. I went to Los Al High School. He was part of the Fighting Irish. But I'm a Go Griffin, you know, kind of guy. And his <laughs> wife went to another. We were all in the same league, the Empire League. She went to Cypress High School. She's a centurion. Cypress Centurion, more information than what you're looking for, I realize. <laughs> but, uh, then the I, mascots, even. You're detailed. And then I discovered that Chris was a Bible teacher, verse-by-verse Bible teacher in that area, which desperately needs that. Oh, and boy. then I was so happy he was there, but then he uprooted and <laughs> left. 
and, and you know, so he was resisting the spirit, I guess. Now he, he decided to get to the promised land as fast as he could, so he uh, Texas. headed headed for Texas. But the church is still functioning there. His church, mm-hmm. uh, Calvary Chapel of Cyprus, and they changed the name to uh, yeah Old Path. And so um, anyway. And now Chris is my chauffeur. He drives me around uh, here in Wisconsin, so it's okay. a great relationship. We've, we've got to share a little bit about that right now. People are going, what, what? surely he's joking. Chauffeur? Okay, Chris, whenever he's come to the studio in the past when he's been in town for the conference, someone would give Chris a ride up to from Appleton to Green Bay. We're in De Pere. We're just south of Green Bay. Today... Chris drove Andy Woods up here to the studio, so that's the inside scoop. So, yeah, people at the conference go, hey, I hear you're picking up a new side job as a chauffeur. You going to drive for Uber when you get back to Texas? Mm. Um, so there's the story. But thank you for that. That's yeah. fun. Now, let's get into something a little bit uh, more serious. This is tomorrow, the 20th anniversary of uh, events that changed our world and really America uh, whether it's national security and, and other things, our concern about Islam. Andy, just your, your the to- thoughts off the top of your head and uh, how things have changed and uh, maybe what we've learned a little bit? Well, you know, I think it was Rahm Emanuel that said, never let a crisis go to waste. And <clears throat> there is something in history called the Reichstag fire where mm. the Nazis deliberately started a fire and blamed it on their enemies and um, that's what propelled uh, the Nazi party to power. So my point is government loves a crisis. They'll either capitalize on an existing crisis like 9-11 or they'll invent a crisis. Mm-hmm. I would put so-called climate change in the latter category, an invented crisis. And now you throw into the mix uh, all of the COVID insanity coming from that Wuhan high-level lab, you know, in China, et cetera. And since 9-11, my, my perspective is America has been in a crisis mindset. And when you're afraid, and sometimes the fears are legitimate, you volitionally surrender rights uh, that you shouldn't surrender mm. because our Declaration of Independence says they're unalienable. Uh, alienable means without a lien. You recognize the word lien in there. Um, they come from God. And Amen. I, I can't believe what we've given up in terms of our rights and freedoms because we're afraid. And so I think this is how 9-11 and subsequent crises are literally pushing us into the new world order. Fascinating that you mentioned that and, and our rights come from God, because if you were to ask the average person under 30 or 25, I would guess that a majority of them would think our rights come from government. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's a big number. But a lot of people have that false idea. And so if they come from government, government can take them away. But if they come from God, they're God-given unalienable rights. Mm -hmm. Um, Boy, so much has changed, and I think we've learned a lot. And as you said, every crisis the left will use and has used to further their agenda, whether that be globalism or socialism or um, even their created uh, climate change. But anyway, we want to just thank you guys for – uh, staying with us through these years. We've only been on 10 years, but 9-11-2001, 20 years ago, um, I think about the people on that one flight, 93, yeah. when they knew what was happening, 
And those, I'm sure there were some that were very fearful. By the way, in the last couple of years, one of the, the, the top scriptures was Isaiah 41, 10. Uh, fear not, fear not. I've called you by name. You are mine. It says, do not fear. So fear has been a very big topic on not only Christians, but in the world, fear of, of our mortality, of dying. Um, so that's interesting. But I think about that. They knew they're on this flight. They either through their cell phone somehow someone got a conversation. They knew what happened in New York. Mm-hmm. They're on this flight that apparently was headed to the White House mm-hmm. or the state capitol in D.C. Apparently, but that was the flight that crashed in Pennsylvania. Why did it crash? Well, because some of the brave passengers said, "All right, this is our time. We know we're going down either way," um, and they fought the crew. And we know we don't know all the details. But Todd Beamer was one of those mm. that was talking with an operator. Literally, a 911 operator was talking to him on that flight. And I think he's the one that said, let's roll. Mm. He said, are we ready? He said, are we going? And someone said, yeah, let's do it. He goes, okay, let's roll. But that was right after he had the 911 or the 911 operator pray with him. Mm. So I'm thinking, what would we mm. do if you fly back tomorrow and you're in the airport or on the flight or at the airport in Houston, or Chris, when he flies back, you know, maybe you have a connecting flight. Whatever happens, even if it's not on a flight, even if it's somewhere you go, when you get back and all of a sudden someone takes over and hijacks a building or a business or it comes into your church, what do you do and how do you react? Well, uh, I think for Christians that have the hope that we have, it's very different. Mm-hmm. Although it's not to say we don't have fear, but it's right. very different. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that and how those brave uh, passengers on 93 just said, you know what, we know this is what they're doing. Chances are this plane will go down no matter what we do. Mm-hmm. So let's make a plan. Right. I mean, those days, that particular day is so vivid in everybody's memory. My uncle, who's now retired, you know, was working in the Pentagon at the time. Wow. And he typically had a meeting in that part of the Pentagon that was hit. And it happened to be canceled. Uh, that particular day. Hmm. And so it was, it was a terrible day, but it was at the same time a day where you see things like you're talking about. Somehow the providence of God is still at work hmm. and God is is working, you know, through these un, unsung heroes that you're speaking of. So um, I don't know what I could comment on other than that. It's a very emotional subject. Um, it's, you know, it's like the Book of Lamentations mm. when the temple was finally destroyed. You know, the Book of Lamentations is just weeping. But in the middle of that book, around chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, it says his mercies are new every morning. Yes. So somehow in the worst of times, uh, God does something where he shows up. Great is his faithfulness. Yeah. Amen. Um, I like to think that, that a, a lot of people, I think I, what I've seen is people have, a, what, what do they call it, survivor's remorse? Or mm-hmm. they're, 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 they feel guilty because they survived. Like, for example, your uncle, yeah. I think of all the people that were either sick in New York City, didn't go into the World Trade Center, they worked that day, or they, they were late, or they didn't make it. Then I think of the military, mm. people that survive Afghanistan or or other places they come home, but they know people in their unit that died. It it must be very hard to to have survived if you don't have an eternal perspective and you're if you're not a believer, and this life is all there is. Mm-hmm. It must be very hard to wrap your mind around that. Why am I here? Mm-hmm. 
right? Do you ever think about that? Sure. Um, but the truth of the matter is, as long as there's breath in our lungs and our heart is beating, we're here for a reason. Amen. Because none of us, you know, we're guaranteed today. And God must want to do something through our lives today. And so we should look at every single day as a gift and say, Lord, you know, here I am. Uh, use me today. And I think that's, and, and I might not be here tomorrow because mm. we're living in a fallen world. I think a lot of us have been um, awakened, maybe, um, a lot of believers, because during COVID, we, we all know someone, probably a relative or a friend, someone that died. Yeah. And, um, or even before that, before COVID, BC. Um, but it, it, it's re- a reminder for those that are still here. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of yeah. wisdom. So it's just these are reminders for us. And then how should we live? Uh, redeeming the time. Well, let's transition now, Andy, as clumsily as it may feel, to religious freedom, religious exemptions, uh, the Biden administration uh, with the new vaccine mandates. But let's start with New York. You shared this in a pastor's point of view that uh, New York ended religious exemption for COVID vaccine mandate. Uh, 450,000 healthcare workers, and this was a week or two ago, were affected by this. And this has now uh, traveled around the country in different places, different hospitals, where they no longer can off, offer a religious exemption or use that. And it's getting pretty scary for people that still have their jobs that haven't been fired yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to share your thoughts or, or what, you, what else you shared on that because it was a pretty lengthy mm-hmm. uh, part of the pastor's point of view. Well, a lot of uh, ministries um, are writing religious exemptions for their church members and online members. Mm-hmm. And it's very simple. And to be frank with you, I won't mention the names of certain prominent pastors, but it's been very disappointing to see certain prominent pastors use the Bible in a perverted way to make it seem as if people have to be vaccinated, like it's their Christian duty. Wow. Let's look at it from the other side. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says, Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, when you're being told to put into your body a substance that's been moved through the market through what's called Operation Warp Speed, you're not dealing with a vaccination. You're dealing with an experiment because you there has to have, and I'm not a medical authority, but I know this much, you have to have time to see side effects develop. Yes. And because this has been moving warp speed, we haven't had that requisite time period. And so the government... And these pastors are saying it's your Christian duty to put this substance into your body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that could be harmful. Mm. And beyond that, when you get into some of the medical research about how aborted cells and those kinds of things yes. of, of aborted children are, are used in some of this uh, vaccination stuff, the Bible's pro-life. Sorry. So why would I contribute to abortion? So. For those two reasons, there ought to be a religious exemption. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, the legal system, the only thing it says is you have to have a sincerely held religious belief. You don't even have to prove it's true, hmm. but you have to prove that you sincerely believe it. And that's part of our inalienable rights that we were talking about earlier. So here comes New York in that article and says, ah, just fooling, swept away. Uh, that religious exemption you thought you had, you don't have anymore. And so this is an example where big government is trampling on our 
inalienable rights, particularly those people that have a sincere religious or biblical conviction not to be vaccinated. And this goes back to the very beginning of COVID and the mask debate yeah. and the virtue signal. I got so tired and at some at sometimes impatient with perhaps well-meaning believers. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But their virtue signaling was absolutely awful. And uh, for, for to say if you don't love your neighbor if you don't yeah. wear a mask yeah. or you're not we're supposed to love our neighbor. So get the vaccine. Well, if the vaccine works, what are you afraid of? Yeah. That's one question. But um, let's go on to this other topic. And this, I believe it's unconstitutional. You probably do, too. What the Biden administration is doing by what authority, by the way. Parenthetically insert here that they called Trump a dictator for a couple of years mm-hmm. and now Biden's doing what they accused Trump of doing. So he said yesterday they're announcing sweeping new federal vaccine requirements affecting as many as 100 million Americans, including mandating that private business owners force employees to receive the vaccine or undergo weekly testing. Um, it's going to affect more than 100 workers or actually for businesses of 100 or more. Um, there's roughly 17 million workers at facilities, at health facilities that receive you know, Medicare or Medicaid. They will also have to be fully vaccinated. So this is something that's coming down. And I want to read a quote mm-hmm. that you'll appreciate by Charlie Kirk. He said, the White House is waging a more aggressive war against unvaccinated Americans than they are against the terrorists who killed U.S. troops in Kabul. Mm. And I go, yes, go Charlie. Um, but so I want to get your thoughts on this because most of our listeners, I would guess, by the way, if you take the vaccine, yeah. that's your choice. That's a good point. Uh, it is your choice. From my understanding, it takes five to seven years to really research, test and develop, mm-hmm. fully develop a vaccine. And then you don't know the long term effects until you it's been out for a while and it's been out for, what, six months. Mm-hmm. So we don't there's so much we don't know. Plus, when the government and Hollywood and they're trying to bribe you or push you to do something, that should be a red flag right there. So if you take the vaccine, great. But to force yeah. Other people to do something against their will. Yeah. Not only is that un-American, it's just offensive. But what are your thoughts on these new sweeping vaccine mandates and how we should respond? Well, my thoughts are coming from the left. The man- mantra we've always heard is "My body, my choice." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Rel- Not in this case. <laughs> relative to abortion, then all of a sudden it's switcheroo, uh, one eighty degree turn make a complete u-turn and it's it's your body but we're going to choose for you i'm with you if people want to take the vaccine Mm -hmm. uh, i respect personal decisions yes what i don't respect is coercing people into it and what i don't respect is withholding data from people so that they can make an intelligent choice it the cancel culture disturbs me greatly Mm -hmm. because if great Experts like Dr. Simone Gold, who I happen to have a lot of respect for, if she's wrong, then produce your own video saying why she's wrong. Right. Don't don't kick her off. They just censor her. Yeah. Yeah. And so it it shows me that they're hiding something. And isn't it true that when you make any decision in life where you're going to put your kids in college, what kind of car you're going to buy, what kind of house you're going to buy, even who you're going to marry – don't you gather as much data as you possibly can? Uh, and in this particular case, people are being coerced into making a very personal decision, 
which in some cases violates their religious convictions, mm-hmm. as we explained earlier, and the data is being withheld from them. So something is not right with exactly. this whole thing. I know globalism is involved here to some degree, and we can get into that maybe on the other side of the break. Our governor, Emperor Evers, sent out a, a text that um, people can get $100 if they take the vaccine. It's like, what, what, whose money? Where is this coming from, and why are you bribing people? And that's just one example. People should be concerned. No matter what side of the political aisle you're on, you should be concerned. Anyway, we'll come back. We're going to talk about the public schools and the university system with Dr. Andy Woods on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Stand Up For The Truth is on Facebook and Twitter. Like and follow us at Stand Up WI. And share today's show via the links at the StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Stand Up For The Truth invites you to the 23rd Annual Great Lakes Prophecy Conference this September 10th, 11th, and 12th. This year's theme is The Perfect Storm. As we see the convergence of prophetic signs all around us and the swift destruction of our culture, it's clear that we are living in a time like no other. You will gain a greater understanding of the winds of change sweeping the world with Bible teacher Chris Quintana. Israel expert Jim Fletcher, Pastor Andy Woods, T.A. McMahon of the Berean Call, creationists Russ Miller and Jay Siegert, Tommy Ice, Elijah Abraham of Living Oasis Ministries, and via stream, Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kona'ohe, Hawaii. $35 per person for the entire event. Register today at cc.appleton.org. Karen and Dan Weber of Belkey Financial Group believe in the life-changing ministry of Q90FM. Belkey Financial Group serving Northeast Wisconsin with investment management and retirement planning. Their new location is 2210 Calumet Drive in New Holstein. The phone number, 800-236-5773. Online at BelkeyFinancial.com. B-E-L-K-E Financial.com. Q90 thanks Belkey Financial Group for their business support. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC. Hi, I'm Art Lane with Window World. At Window World, we are firm believers of being proactive in selecting a company for your window and door needs. And at windowworldgreenbay.com, we have a video that can help you navigate through this sometimes confusing process. Our phone number is 321-0421 in Green Bay and 739-7080 in Appleton. Window World, a proud supporter of Q90FM. Joel Vaughn is coming back to the Cup of Joy this Saturday night. I look to you. Joel Vaughn performing all the hits you love and his latest, Louder Than the Lies, this Saturday night at 7.30. It's Joel Vaughn, this Saturday, 7.30 p.m., The Cup of Joy. Get the best seats and all the details at cupofjoy.com. Cup of Joy, supporting Q90FM. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Kaylee McEnany had a great tweet yesterday. Uh, Joe Biden quotes, and then she quoted uh, Mayor de, Plas- de Blasio in New York. And here's what Biden said, which Andy Woods uh, bef- during the break said that was really alarming when he said that, surprising. Biden says... If you break the rules, be prepared to pay. And I think the context was getting the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he said, our patience is wearing thin. These are sounding like threats, friends. That's our president. Uh, well, anyway, uh, with an asterisk by the 
word president in quotes. <laughs> That's our president with quotes around president. Um, and then de Blasio said, we've got to, sh- to shake people. And he also said, the voluntary phase is over. What does that mean? So Kaylee McEnany said, Andy, this is Democrat messaging on vaccine mandates. Your thoughts? Well, you know, I was traveling all day yesterday, and so I wasn't around media. And so last night in my hotel room, when I finally got here, you know, I flipped on the TV and I saw these clips of Biden saying this. And I thought, gosh, am I wrong on the pre-trib rapture? Is this the Antichrist? I mean, I, I couldn't believe what I was what I was hearing. Yeah. Um, you know, what? First of all, they keep talking about a law. You're violating the law. Someone tell me what law it is. This exactly. is there's no law. A law has to go through a proper channel to become a law. It goes back to you know that cartoon we all grew up with. You know how a bill becomes a law. You remember that? <laughs> yes. Um, the, there's been no, there's been no law. These are all executive orders mm. and edicts from the president and from governors. And you go back into the Federalist Papers and what they say in the Federalist Papers, which is part of our founding material, founding documents, mm-hmm. is when the executive mm-hmm. branch starts to act like a legislature, you're, you have there the very definition of tyranny. And that's what I fear that America is descending into. I like what you just said. When the executive branch starts acting like a legislature, you have the definition of tyranny. But that's what we've had since the Obama administration. I don't know how many executive orders he wrote, but he, in his interpretation, that was law. When he put an executive order out, it was law. So O'Biden... Uh, Joe Biden thinks the same thing. So when he said, if you break the rules, be prepared to pay, he's thinking, yeah, that executive order is the law of the land. So there's this misunderstanding, and I think half the country kind of falls under that, not understanding why an executive order order is not the law. But let's move on to uh, public schools real briefly. Uh, Mm -hmm. We we touched on this teacher also that Mm -hmm. you you did in your pastor's point of view that boasted about not having the American flag she said the American flag in her classroom made her uncomfortable and told students to pledge allegiance to the gay pride flag, which was in her classroom because she took the American flag down, and they're investigating that one. So, it, you know, you shared that. We, we've talked about that as well. But this one is a newer one from San Diego. A teacher admits that he's bribing students with extra credit to attend Antifa events. This is from last week. I hadn't heard about this one. Please explain. And is this concerning? Because a lot of people say that's just one teacher. Yeah. Well, this this came out because of the very good work over the people over there at Project Veritas, I think it is. I mean, this particular teacher, like the other one you mentioned, was caught on camera. Mm -hmm. And this particular teacher is basically saying we have 180 days to radicalize these kids (laughs) into leftist theology. well, it is a theology, leftist political ideology. That's a, a quote, actually, is I have 180 days to turn them into revolutionaries. Right. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, you're, you're dealing with people that are zealots mm-hmm. and proselytizers. The, the great myth out there is that the public schools are neutral. Huh. We, we kicked God in the 60s out of the public schools, so now they're neutral. No, they're not. They're just as religious 
as they've ever been. It's just the religion being promoted is the religion of humanism. Yeah. And I would encourage people to get the Humanist Manifesto. Um, there was one written in 1933, another one in 1973, and then they came out with Humanism 2000. And it, it's a short read. It reads like a doctrinal statement of a church. And that's the ideology that these kids are being you know, pressed into. In fact, uh, the Humanist Society has 501c3 tax-exempt status. Yeah. They get to teach their religion in the school, but we as Christians can't teach our worldview in the school. And so, and in fact, um, in that particular article, he boasts there, this particular teacher, I think his last name is Gipes, if I remember right. Yep, Gipe. Uh, Gipe. And he basically says, this is the reason America is turning left, because we've got these kids uh, in a mandatory situation where they're being force-fed. He doesn't use the word humanism, but that's basically what he's teaching, the doctrine of humanism. Well, let's go back just a few years, actually a year and a half ago, when teachers were encouraging their students to be social justice activists and go out and, and lock arms with Black Lives, Matter, Black Lives Matter and march on the streets and do whatever. And there was a poll that came out. Do you remember this? 58% of young people from 25 and younger said that rioting, looting, vandalism, and uh, attacking others in those contexts of city streets, those things, and theft, those were justified mm. because of racism. We, we were talking about 58% of young people. How did they come to believe that, Andy? I wonder. Well, it's, it's Marxism. Uh, Saul Alinsky said that when he was, as a young man, stealing from restaurants. Uh, he basically was asked, well, does it bother you that you're stealing private property? He says, no, I have a right to eat. So in his mind, the community good outweighed the individual rights of private property. Well, that's the same mindset that you're describing right now, mm -hmm. you know, with uh, BLM, Black Lives Matter, which in my opinion really stands for burning, looting, you know, and murder. And there's an agenda to radicalize your children and your Amen. grandchildren. Yes, there is. That's one of the reasons uh, my wife and myself, you know, moved. And I know that not everybody can do this, but because of financial limitations, but we move very aggressively to a homeschooling model. Because if you're going to indoctrinate, if my kid's going to be indoctrinated, it's going to be dad and mom. Yeah. It's not going to be some humanist. Thank you. And by the way, um, this goes way back to, to John Dewey yeah. and the formation of the um, national education system that we have now, the public schools. But I want to go to a quote briefly by a man named John Dunphy. Yes, um, yes. This is fascinating. This was 1983 in an edition of Humanist magazine. He said, I am convinced that the battle for mankind's future must be waged and won in the public school classroom by teachers who correctly perceive their role as the proselytizers of a new faith. Teachers must embody the same selfless dedication of the most rabid fundamentalist preacher, utilizing a classroom instead of a pulpit to convey humanist values in whatever subject they teach, regardless of the educational level. And then he said this, the classroom must and will become an arena of conflict yeah. between the old and the new. And he's going to tell us what he means by old and the new. Between the old and the new, the rotting corpse of Christianity, together with all its adjacent evils and misery, that's the old, right, 
and the new faith of humanism, mm-hmm. resplendent in its promise of a world uh, in which the never-realized Christian ideal of love thy neighbor will finally be achieved. Oh, my goodness, humanism is here to save the day. Yeah, I'm familiar with that quote. I, I've used that in some of my talks. Um, there's another one in 1930 by, I want to say his name is Charles Potter. He wrote a book called The Religion of Humanism. And in that particular quote, and this quote was so juicy and so good, I couldn't believe he said it. And so I spent an afternoon traipsing all over the Houston libraries to document this because I I didn't believe this was true because I found it in a secondary source. But I found the 1930 book, and there it is. And sadly, I don't have it memorized, this quote, but it's to the effect of, you know, go ahead and have your vacation Bible schools. Go ahead and have Sunday school. You get the kids about an hour a week. We get them uh, for, you know, nine to five, roughly, when you count in sports and homework. We've got them in a compulsory sense the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. And there's no way you Christians are going to be able to outstrip us as humanists. And we will use the public schools to yeah. indoctrinate the next generation And what's sad is when people say things in print, we typically don't believe it's true. But he telegraphs in this book exactly what the agenda is. And I'm wondering if when Hitler wrote Mein Kampf, which looked like lunacy at the time, Hmm. what if more people had paid attention to to what he wanted to do? Because he telegraphed exactly what he wanted to do in Mein Kampf, how different our world would be. But that's why these quotes to me are very significant. And the public school battle goes back a hundred years, and um, so yeah, we, we've talked a lot about that on this podcast. We don't have as much time as I'd like. We've got three and a half minutes left, Andy. And um, you did also mention uh, what my recent article is on the atheist humanist professor at Harvard University now being hired as the chaplain of other chaplains. And if you realize, you know, it kind of gives you an interesting spin on on Veritas, doesn't it? Yes. But if you realize that. Um, he is going to be in charge of 30 to 40 chaplains. But if you understand Harvard's beginnings yeah. with their main logo at one point, I think it was 1692, Truth for Christ and the Church, mm-hmm. Veritas Christo et Ecclesiae. Mm-hmm. And, and their whole, they were based on John 17, 3. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really mind boggling how much it has declined and that truth is not apparently a big value to them, but yet on their shield today, argue, uh, at Harvard, it says Veritas. Yeah. Just your quick thoughts on this uh, appointment of Greg Epstein. Yeah, well, my, my thoughts on it are when you read that article, what he's talking about is truth is determined through dialogue. So he, as the chaplain, no longer believes in revealed religion, you know, that God has spoken in mm-hmm. his word. Now, what do you do with people like him? You put them maybe in the philosophy department at at best. You do not make them the chaplain. And it shows you – the reason I found it interesting is because what's happening there is a microcosm of the culture. Mm -hmm. If you know anything about Harvard, you know the light that it was in terms of training ministers and proclaimers of the gospel. And now it's drifted to the point where – the chaplain himself doesn't even believe in God. In fact, wrote a book about it, mm-hmm. why he doesn't believe in God. Yeah, Good Without God <laughs> was the name of the book. And he's quoted as saying, we don't look to a God for answers. We are 
each other's yeah. answers. The code and the code that's code for we don't believe in revealed religion, mm-hmm. which is completely antithetical to the way Harvard believed probably over pro- I would I would guess around 200 years. And mm-hmm. if you go back to the, those rules of Harvard, Harvard yes. was started in 1636. It's like, wow, that's a pretty good Bible college there. I want to get my kids signed up. And that's how Harvard, what Harvard was. Well, you mentioned that. Let me just read part of it. It says, let every student, now this is the founding mission statement, mm-hmm. 1643, let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well the main end of his life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life, John seventeen three, mm-hmm. And therefore to lay Christ as the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning. But, Andy, we know that, that this is not just Harvard, mm-hmm, right. all the Ivy League schools. In fact, the university system as a whole, I would say 90% have gone down this road, mm-hmm. and yet even Christian families are still sending their young people when they get out of high school mm-hmm. to these universities, and, um, boy, God help us. Yeah, you know, a famous quote from that era is, cursed be all learning that's contrary to the cross of Christ. And what's interesting mm-hmm. in those quotes is he keeps mentioning the bottom, the foundation. foundation. Yeah. What he's what they're talking about is revealed religion from above in Scripture. Mm-hmm. That's what Harvard was based on. Yeah. And, and now they've departed from it to the point where the chaplain, you know, not a guy in the philosophy department, the yeah. chaplain doesn't believe in the Bible or God at all. And we look to each other. Isn't that humanism? Man yes. Is, man is the center of all things. We look to each other for answers. Yeah. Well, I've, I've made that in my article. I made the point, well, we've redefined truth. Why not redefine the, the, the word chaplain? Yeah, right. um, so Andy Woods, thank you so much for being in the studio today, brother. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks again to Chris for his work and looking forward to the conference. All right. uh, The conference kicks off this afternoon, but Andy will be doing his presentation tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. When we come back, we'll let you know who our guests are next week on the podcast. Have a question? Email at comments at standupforthetruth.com. We'll wrap up Stand Up For The Truth in a moment. This day is sponsored by Scott Miller on behalf of Bridgepoint Church's free Family Fun Fest this Saturday, September 11th from 9 to 3 p.m. Children's games, music by Randy Peterson, craft vendors, a brat fry, and 9-11 memorial activities and tributes with local firefighters and police officers. Bridgepoint Church's Family Fun Fest this Saturday, Bridgepoint Church, 2421 West Point Road, Green Bay, 494 7991. Stand Up For The Truth invites you to the 23rd Annual Great Lakes Prophecy Conference this September 10th, 11th, and 12th. This year's theme is The Perfect Storm. As we see the convergence of prophetic signs all around us and the swift destruction of our culture, it's clear that we are living in a time like no other. You will gain a greater understanding of the winds of change sweeping the world with Bible teacher Chris Quintana. Israel expert Jim Fletcher, Pastor Andy Woods, T.A. McMahon of the Berean Call, creationists Russ Miller and Jay Siegert, Tommy Ice, Elijah Abraham of Living Oasis Ministries, and via stream, Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kona'ohe, Hawaii. $35 per person for the entire event. Register today at cc.appleton.org. When this is the sound of a waterfall in nature, there's no cause for concern. 
But when it's the sound of water gushing through your living room ceiling because a pipe bursts inside the wall, there's reason to panic. 1-800-SERVE-PRO. Like it never even happened. 1-800-SERVE-PRO at the first sign of water damage. Hello, this is Doug from your local ServePro franchise and a longtime supporter of Q90. My team can be reached at 800-SERVE-PRO or online at servepro.com. Franchises are independently owned and operated. Stand up for the truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up for the Truth. So Travis just texted me a picture of pumpkin spice Cheerios limited edition. Yes! Um, yesterday I had my pumpkin, pumpkin spice latte and my pumpkin chocolate chip muffin. I, I'm a pumpkin fanatic this time of year. Our listeners know that, but I didn't know there were Cheerios. I'm going to have to try those. Anyway, we got John Haller coming in to talk prophecy and world events next Monday. Chad Davidson, working with Joe Schimmel at Good Fight Ministries. He'll be our guest on Tuesday. Um, also, Stefan Broden, uh, pastor in Texas. Uh, he's going to be on Wednesday. And I uh, can't get to everybody else. But thank you guys so much. Check out the Prophecy Conference. If you can't make it to town, they are live streaming it. And we've got the link at uh, StandUpForTheTruth.com. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter. Can hear her.